Alaska's newsmakers. Action Line, K-I-N-Y. Welcome to Action Line. Ken Smith here with my guests on the phone, Matt Jackson, Climate Program Manager for Southeast Alaska Conservation Council, and Rachel Christensen. She was a clean energy organizer for the Alaska Center. Welcome. Thanks for having us, Ken. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, hi. Thanks. How are you? So uh, you're not in Juneau, but you're on your way. We're on our way to Juneau. Um, you know, there's a lot of buzz about high energy costs and climate change and renewable energy this year. And um, Rachel and I have uh, got to know each other along with a lot of other great folks from around the state by uh, working together on trying to imagine a, a future where energy is more sustainable and more affordable and cleaner in our state. And so we are coming to Juneau to, to advocate for a couple policies that we think will get us closer to that. Rachel, me and Matt talked uh, last week or so, and uh, we were talking about renewable energy, clean energy. Tell me a little bit about the organiz- organization that you represent, Alaska Center. Yeah, um, so the Alaska Center is an Anchorage-based org, but we have staff that live all across the state, and we work on issues around clean air, clean water, and strong democracy. So the program like that I work under is... Um, clean energy for all Alaskans. So that's our goal. And we understand that along with getting clean energy, we also need to make sure that we're transitioning to clean energy in a just and equitable way. So we are all for lowering the cost of energy along with that, which we think that a lot of the policies that are coming down the line this year could do. Policies from our legislators or what are you expecting? Uh, You're coming to June, obviously, to present your to the legislature, correct? Mm-hmm, yeah. So let's just jump right in. What is it first and foremost you'd like to accomplish? Um, so the reason, I guess, uh, my big focus coming down to Juno is to talk to legislators about community solar. Um, so it's a bill that hasn't been introduced yet, but we're hoping it will in the next like month or so get introduced into session. Um, and community solar is a concept that would allow people to invest in a solar setup that's not located on their property and then sort of remotely get the benefit from having that solar without needing a house, a roof, a yard to put that on. So it makes it, it opens up the solar market to folks that live in apartments or like me who rent a small cabin in the woods who don't have good solar resources um, all throughout the year. Uh, So we think that it's a great way for folks to save money on solar and then also get that cheaper electric bill that comes with having renewable energy hooked up to your system. Wow, that's innovative. I've always seen people putting the solar panels on their roofs, for example, and putting in the the thousands of dollars that's necessary, but then they, for example, I have a, a good friend that I just spent some time with couple months ago down in Newport Beach he has mm-hmm. his solar panels on his roof and he has his own separate generator for that I think that's how it works and then he also gets credit from the city I believe for not that he can give back any of the extra energy that the house generates that he doesn't use for financial credit on his electric bill but yeah um Community solar would do, it would give them that same concept. So you would have like, you would invest a certain amount of money into a share of solar panels that you share with like other community members, other people in your city. Um, And then you would get on your bill, um, whatever amount of electricity that you produce that you didn't use that month, you would get a credit back on your bill. Um, 
from the utility that you're using. Yeah, it's very interesting. So a lot of people don't have maybe the, especially around Juno, I've driven around and some of these older homes aren't going to be able to support, say, the roof of a, will support solar panels. So this mm-hmm. this allows people who maybe don't have a setup structurally that can sustain a roof of solar panels. I've never heard of this before. Is this a new program? Um, it's really not that new. It would be new for Alaskans, but there are 41 other states that have community solar programs running already. Um, so in the 448, it's very popular. It's growing really, really rapidly, um, especially for folks in big cities where you're not really able to buy like a big house with a lawn anymore that gets you that access to the sun that you need. Um, we're in apartment complexes. We're in tight spaces. Um, so it really makes it just yeah, easier for folks to get to than it is right now. And we work with a program called Solarize that helps folks get um, solar on their houses. And what we usually tell folks when they're looking at if they have to remodel their roof, things like that, that they should have at least like 10 to 15 years of life left in their roof before they consider putting solar on it. And you're right, a lot of homes in Alaska would need to to have those big remodels and that costs a lot of money to put a new roof on your house and then put solar on that roof so it helps people ease that burden matt are you also uh pushing for this type of uh, solar energy is is this a a, uh, work together program for you and uh, the southeast alaska conservation council this is absolutely a work together program and um you know, people don't always think of solar energy when they think of Southeast Alaska, and I mean, rightfully so. We're we're rainier than uh, Rachel's climate up north in Anchorage, and we rely more on hydro. But I do still think there is room for community solar in Southeast Alaska. You know, I think of um, I've lived a good chunk of my life in trailer parks, whether in Ketchikan or in Sitka, where I live now, and uh, that seems to me with a kind of uh, affordable energy solution where you know different members in a trailer park uh, could get together. And, you know, maybe not all of their roofs are set up for a solar uh, panel, but as a collective, they can install solar panels uh, somewhere in the park and collectively reap those benefits. So it's absolutely a work together um, situation. And another policy that we think fits right into this is the Green Bank, which uh, is a bill that was introduced by the governor last year and didn't quite get to the finish line. Uh, We're hoping it'll make it to the finish line this year, but it would make uh, financing more accessible, uh, especially for kind of low and middle income Alaskans uh, to access some of uh, this stuff uh, like rooftop solar or installing new heat pumps or just energy efficiency upgrades, you know, just the cost of these things, whether it's uh, fixing up the roof and also making it more energy efficient or installing solar panels, it is significant. And if you don't have a lot of money, you know, there's a saying it's expensive to be poor. If you don't have the money to invest in energy efficiency upgrades or uh, renewable energy, you're kind of at risk of getting left behind and therefore having more costs over the long run. So I think that uh, that equity part that Rachel spoke about, the, the fairness, the equality of access to these technologies is really, really important. And uh, the Green Bank is a proposal that uh, would create some state incentives for financing for these technologies. And uh, we're hoping that this year the Green Bank would be placed in the Alaska Housing Finance Corporation, which has a really good track record of successful residential consumer uh, programs um, to provide these kind of benefits. And in my mind, would be a great 
complement to the community solar idea that Alaska Center and, and others are championing. How come you chose solar? We are a rainy, cloudy place. I can see in California where this is a great place to push it. Why not uh, other alternatives that might be like wind? Uh, I guess you can use a wind farm like you could use a solar farm and accomplish the same type of community alternative energy sources? Yeah, so the sort of mechanism that the community solar legislation would um, change is the idea of virtual net metering. So net metering is the program that you're getting when you sell solar back onto the grid, and then you get paid for that. That's a It's called net metering. You get net metered credits back on your, um, your bill. So virtual net metering allows folks to get credits back onto their bill from something that is not located directly on their property. It's somewhere, you know, somewhere else. You get that virtually. Um, the utility would have to, like, find your bill and connect it to that thing. So we could also apply virtual net metering to something like a wind farm. You could invest in a share of a wind farm. Um, we just chose solar as like the the first running point at this because solar is the most affordable renewable energy technology that we have. Um, and it also has the least amount of moving parts. So we focus on home solar versus like home wind or home hydro because there's nothing that you really have to keep up with maintenance on a solar panel. You might have to brush the snow off of it um, once or twice during the spring once you start to get those sunny days again. But you're not going to need to like check any rotors or make sure your blades are running in the right way. You know what I mean? It just allows people to have a much easier um, time getting renewable energy than something like hydro or wind would. Uh, Very good. I'm speaking with Matt Jackson, Climate Program Manager with the Southeast Alaska Conservation Council, and Rachel Christensen, Clean Energy Organizer with the Alaska Center. We'll take a quick break and return for our second part. We have a lot more to talk about. I want to see how this can actually go into action in Alaska and be built and what the timeline will when we come back. Action Line continues. K-I-N-Y. Welcome back to Action Line. Ken Smith talking with Matt Jackson, Climate Program Manager for Southeast Alaska Conservation Council, and Rachel Christensen, Clean Energy Organizer with the Alaska Center based in Anchorage. And the two of you kids are coming down here to Juneau to try to get some uh, funding, I would say, for your program to get community solar panels put up and serving the general public. Is that correct? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wouldn't necessarily say um, funding, but we're just looking for the legislation to be passed to enable um, community solar to happen, and then we would have to work with the utility boards and communities and things after that. So I jumped the gun. (laughs) I mean, we would love funding. We're not going to turn it down, but we have to to make the way before we get the funding for it. (laughs) But you will need funding. Um, so these projects would be funded by the consumers that are investing in them. We wouldn't need um, external funding. In some states, they do run where a third-party investor will like buy the solar panel and then sell it to investors. Um, but it really all depends on what the legislation comes up with uh, before we know whether, Rachel, how will it be funded. The Regulatory Commission of Alaska has actually denied some uh, attempts to make these kind of community solar, community solar projects, right? Which is really what's, what's driving some of the, the need 
Right, yeah. So um, the Regulatory Commission of Alaska is able to yeah, deny the community solar projects right now. So what we're hoping with the legislation to do is um, command them, I guess, for lack of a better word, to accept the solar projects, um, the community solar projects, so that they can't be accepted or denied on like a case-by-case basis. All Alaskans can have access to the community solar. Do you have a specific bill that we can be looking for? Um, it has not been introduced yet, so we do not have a bill number yet. And what legislators are you targeting to try to support this move? Movement, I should say. <laughs> um, I guess I don't really know that that's particularly my piece of the puzzle to um, choose the right legislators and target the right folks. Um, I can't really speak a whole lot to that. <laughs> okay, I, but somebody's got to be in there to help you. You, you, you need some, somebody who gets behind you in the legislature. Right, yeah. We're looking for solar and renewable energy allies. Matt, have you met anybody? What about our Sitka and Southeast contingency? Well, Southeast Alaska Conservation Council did put out a candidate survey um, during the race, and all four of our uh, House of Representatives, all four of our representatives who won their races were in favor of both the Green Bank and the community solar uh, policy and a few other policies that we uh, pulled them on, including like the Renewable Energy Fund that I spoke about last week. So I think generally there's support for these kind of, uh, you know, constructive, innovative ideas. Uh, But I wouldn't want to get ahead of any of the legislators or speak for anyone uh, until they're ready. But I think part of the reason that we are all coming to Juno is to build relationships and have constructive conversations and, uh, you know, figure out which legislators uh, want to move the ball forward on these on these uh, really good policies. What's been the holdup? Um, in my opinion, it's just a matter of priorities. I think when the state is in, you know, I think it's fair to say a perpetual budget crisis, it's hard to move new ideas forward. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of new stuff coming out of the legislature in the last couple of years. Um, and that's because they've been dealing with a budget crisis. It's not any individual's fault. But I do think that as, uh, you know, we see more impacts from climate change, like Typhoon Murbach, you know, crashing salmon stocks, and we also see a really rapidly rising cost of energy. I think uh, diesel in rural Southeast was $6 a gallon at one point last year. Um, there's a little bit more urgency to deal with those two interrelated crises. And I think whether it's community solar or the renewable energy fund or the green bank, we're trying to push forward um, kind of a whole ecosystem of policies that will help support each other uh, and support Alaskans in dealing with these things, whether it's the high cost of energy immediately or indirectly dulling some of the effects of climate change. I don't understand why the state would be concerned with this from a budgetary standpoint if you're not seeking state funding and it's going to be privately funded. I don't see either. Yeah, I think it would be uh, very likely to be passed if uh, we can just get legislators to notice it and prioritize you know, holding hearing and moving it forward. Rachel, what would be your aspirations for this project moving forward? Is this something you think could eventually be like 50% of our energy in the state or 25%? How much impact do you think you could have? 
Um, I certainly don't think that it will be quite that high. I think that like the larger majority of our renewable energy transition is going to come from more utility scale projects. But why we are really excited about community solar is because it gives people that direct um, impact to lower their costs on their electric bill while also pushing us closer to um, green energy future. So... I would say, I guess I can't give a specific percentage that I have in mind, um, but I think solar right now only makes like less than a percent in most of our like larger utility districts in Alaska. So we certainly have a lot of room for growth, but um, we are going to still need like larger utility scale projects to go along with that as well, um, which the Green Bank, I believe, could also help out with. The Green Yeah, I mean, the bottom yeah. line is we need... Sorry, Ken, but the bottom line is we need 100% renewable by, by 2050 at the latest, uh, absolute latest. And so I think anything we can do to get us closer to that, uh, whether it's one community solar panel at a time or, or through investments in the Green Bank or the Renewable Energy Fund, uh, we need to take all these little steps to add up to 100% renewable. Yeah. 2050, we're, we want to be 100% renewable? That's what most climate scientists uh, have agreed is the consensus is that we need to uh, reach zero emissions globally by 2050 to avoid the worst impacts of climate change. Um, you know, things like the Juno you know, ice fields disappearing or, uh, you know, the range of king salmon, for example, being pushed further north, you know, out beyond where they exist now. Uh, those are some of the impacts that we're seeking to avoid by hitting 100% renewable by 2050. Okay, very good. Well, I'm all in favor of meeting those goals in, what, 30, 28 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, we better get going. It goes fast. Yeah, I sure hope so. <laughs> well, I look forward to meeting you when you come down to Juneau. Pop into the studio here at KINY Radio, and maybe I'll see you on the legislature at the legislative uh, session going on and touch base when you come down and keep us in the loop on how you are doing and any success you have, and especially when you get around to that bill you want to introduce. We sure Great, will, yeah. Ken. And uh, we're also having a rally uh, down at the Diamond Courthouse Plaza on Friday at noon, uh, and a lot of folks from around the state will be there uh, just trying to show their support for these policies. So, uh, you know, we hope uh, as many Junoites as, as can come and join us at noon on Friday. Very good. Rachel, I mean, yeah, Rachel, thank you. Matt, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. And we're coming up to the top of the hour. Action Line. Action Line. Weekday mornings. Action Line. If it happens in Southeast, you'll hear it on Action Line. K-I-N-Y.